Hey fam, and welcome to this episode of the Powerhouse Podcast. Welcome to all of our new listeners. We are in the 60s already of the number of episodes. I can't believe it. It's been already a year and a half. And very recently, we just passed the four-year anniversary of our company. So yay, woohoo, go Powerhouse. But just wanted to say thank you to all of our faithful listeners who have been with us since the beginning. There are so many of you guys, and welcome, welcome, and hello. I'm Coach Megan to all of the beautiful new people who are listening. So on this week's episode, I just got back from an amazing conference slash retreat in right outside of Atlanta, Georgia, in Fayetteville, Georgia, and got to meet my longtime mentor in person, Real Talk Kim, who was on the podcast just a few weeks ago. She's got millions and millions of followers and thousands of people in her personal inner circle, which this was a meetup for. And such incredible things happened over the weekend. She invited me back to her office. We got to chat and hug and get to know each other better. And um, I I think I'm actually going to get to see her in person again here in a couple weeks. I will be going to um, another conference at the end of July. So today is some takeaways of kind of just realizing how I was feeling. And um, I don't know about you guys, but if you've ever been to a conference or mastermind, but I just really wanted to emphasize why going to things like this is so important. I didn't realize that I was feeling as dry as I was until I came back from this retreat this weekend so incredibly feeling alive and really in overflow again. I had a new level of vision. I had a new level of energy and passion for what I was doing. And it's so funny because I was actually just listening to um, some Tony Robbins the past couple weeks and, you know, love him. He's so he's probably the best life coach in the world, to be honest. And uh, I used to think that he was totally a guru rather than somebody who actually gave us some meat. And then I started listening to him and I was like, oh my gosh, I could not have been more wrong. <laughs> but anyways, um, he, I was, it was so funny. I was just listening to the fact that he said, you really need to go and save your money for, for two to three masterminds or conferences or retreats a year. He said baseline, minimum, non-negotiable, two masterminds a year. If you can, go to three plus. And I was like, yeah, 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 cool, yeah, whatever. And it was just so funny. I had that thought like a frying pan when I was flying home yesterday. And um, I was just like, oh my gosh, like I feel so incredibly refreshed. I feel like I just got months of therapy. I just feel like I got months of the human connection that I needed being around other um, energized, passionate, just people who are pursuing healing and and freedom and just uh, achievement in their lives. I came back with best friends. I came back with three new girls who are coming to Miss USA who I just met this weekend. Like literally just incredible. And so today I wanted to give you some strategies and tips of how you can get back to that place of fullness, especially um, during COVID when you might still have to self-quarantine or be by yourself. Um, But also just wanted to take this time to emphasize why things like the inner circle or the powerhouse mastermind once COVID's over and we get all that going again, which is our in-person weekend intensives for small groups. Um, Or if you, you know, if you want to do a one-on-one, you can do that as well. But why those types of things are so important or why, you know, buying our online course or doing one-on-one coaching. And this is not for self-promotion, you guys. It, It is so important to not do life alone. And specifically as pageant women, or maybe you're listening and you're not in pageants, but you're somebody who's just a go-getter in life, um, it can feel lonely. You know, I wake up some days and have to really pump myself up because it, as a female CEO in the middle of Nebraska who runs a completely online business, to be completely honest, sometimes it just feels like, oh my gosh, does anybody understand me? 
And for the days that uh, I feel that way, I have to have a plan and a strategy and a routine um, and, a, and dare I say a ritual that is so ingrained into me that I choose to do those things even when I don't want to. And today for this episode, why I believe that this is so important is because there are certain patterns in your guys' life that are sucking you dry, that are producing mega negative energy, and you're waking up and going to bed just trying to get by or distracting yourself with Netflix, with maybe going on dates or talking to people that you know isn't going anywhere, right? There's so many different ways that we distract ourselves and deplete our own energy um, completely unnecessarily because we're not willing to actually realize the state that we're in and flip the script on how to start being a producer again, how to start thinking positively and waking up on the right side of the bed and having energy for life, you guys. And so today, um, this episode's super, super important because I know that we've walked through COVID. I know that we're walking through an election year and all these different things. And I want you guys to be equipped to listen to this over and over and over whenever you're feeling down or other podcasts, but to have strategies and, and the difference between a strategy strategy and a suggestion a suggestion is that strategies work. If you do them if you do them, it works. It gets results, it gets you from A to B and that's why I work that way that's why I coach that way because I'm not just going to give you guys fluff that doesn't do anything that's a waste of your time and that's a waste of my time right so really tune in today Um, this week and next week I'm going to be releasing podcasts of just some simple things that I I learned and that I self-reflected on um, after having such an incredible weekend and um, I was so incredibly blessed to meet my mentor and just the the most all-star woman of God I've ever met in my entire life and and that I look up to so much real talk Kim if you're not following her already I don't know how you're not because I talk about her every single day Um, but just stay tuned you guys and, and really really listen in listen to this a couple times pause it take notes if you have to because today we're really gonna get into the nitty-gritty um, but I also just want to empathize that we all have days where we just feel empty and that, and that we feel dry and so I'm really gonna walk you guys through today um, just how to deal with that and how to notice when you're in that dry season and then also how to change that to a season of fullness and greatness and, and just feeling awesome so Sit back and relax and take notes if you can. And this is this week's episode. Well, hey, everybody. I hope that you guys are all ready to dive in. Like I said before, we all go through times of feeling like our heart or maybe our physical body or even our mind is just empty. And another way that I'd like to describe that is by the word dry. And we're actually going to start today by defining both of those words. Sometimes when I'm writing either um, my book, my devotional that I'm writing, or when I I think super, super hard and long about my social media posts, as you guys see, I write long form posts quite a bit, um, or preparing for podcasts or even just the other videos that I do on social media. One of the, one of my favorite techniques to kind of get in the zone of writing and get the creative juices flowing is to simply do a word or a lexicon study. So if I'm doing it from more of a secular approach, I'll just go to Webster and go to good old Google and see what they have to say about those words. Um, But if I'm doing it from more of a a Christian or faith-based perspective, then I'll look at the Strong's Concordance and go over the Greek or the Hebrew or the Aramaic lexicon, which is what the Bible was written in, depending on whether it was in the Old Testament or New Testament. So fun fact, in case you didn't know that. And so today um, I looked at good old Google and I started to look at the words dry and the word empty. And uh, then we'll also look at just the the opposite of that, obviously being 
being really full. And I just want to say again, um, how awesome it, it was for me this weekend and, and how personal this episode is for me because I really didn't realize just how empty I was. Actually, you know what? I wouldn't say that I was empty. Um, but I didn't realize how much more capacity I had to, to really feel electric and, and full and just, you know, what a lot of people will call vibing or, or in tune and overflowing. And so, um, I'm coming from, from a really just awesome energetic place today as I'm recording this podcast. And I hope that some of my energy rubs off on all of you guys, no matter what season that you're in. Obviously there's a lot going on in the world right now. And I hope that this, as always, just uplifts you and gives you some practical strategies that you can take home with you today. So whether you're listening in the car, driving or at the gym or whether you're putting your makeup on, um, just thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for being a faithful listener. And I really think this is going to help you. So let's dive in. Okay, so as promised, we're going to start with the definition of dry. And what I think is so cool is when you're looking up definitions of things, sometimes it just absolutely like the point speaks for itself. So after I give you guys the definition of dry and empty, which sounds like really morbid, um, obviously we're going to get to the positive after that. So I want your brains to be thinking and your minds to be free thinking um, of just kind of what you think that my point is by bringing up of all these words, all these adjectives, okay? So obviously the point is not just to uh, (laughs) talk about how horrible things are, but I want to kind of set the scene and set the foundation for where we're going. So again, turn your brain on, turn your mind on, and try and get ahead of me of where you think I'm going, okay? So the definition of dry, the first definition is free from moisture or liquid, not wet or moist, some of y'all's favorite word. Um, Other adjectives are parched, dried, withered, shriveled, wilted, crisp, crispy, brittle, dehydrated, hard, hardened, dried out, stale, old, past its best, hello, profound, and past its sell-by date, or off. Hmm. Y'all ever felt any of those things? Y'all ever felt off? Y'all ever felt past your best? The second definition of dry is bare or lacking adornment. Holy cow, there's about 50 sermons that could preach, 50 podcasts that could preach for that right there, okay? But we're going to keep it rolling, and then we'll put it all together. So second of all, the definition of empty, okay? The first definition is containing nothing, not filled nor occupied. For example, the room was empty of furniture. Other adjectives, vacant, unoccupied, uninhabited, untenanted, untenanted right? Like not having a tenant in it. Clear, free, bare, desolate, deserted, abandoned, containing nothing, without contents, unfilled, not filled, void, and emptied. The opposite of that is full. We're going to get there, okay? Um, Another definition is containing no members or elements. And a third definition is lacking meaning or sincerity, Wow. For example, his, his answer sounded a little empty. Uh, that'll preach. Okay. But we're not done yet. So similar words, meaningless, aimless. Let these words soak in. Okay. These are not what God says about you, but let these soak in. Have you ever felt this way? Worthless, useless, idle, vain, insubstantial, ineffective, ineffectual, futile, futile. How do you say it? I don't know how you say it. It's like potato, 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 right? Pointless, purposeless, motiveless, valueless, of no value, of no use, senseless, hollow, barren, 
unsatisfactory, unimportant, insignificant, inconsequential, trivial, and trifling. The opposites meaning meaningful and worthwhile. And finally, the last definition is having no value or purpose, meaningless, aimless, worthless, useless, idle, vain, insubstantial, and effective, as we said, right? A lot of these are, are really, really similar words, so I won't, I won't read all of them. But, and actually the fourth definition, this is hilarious, is hungry. <laughs> so funny. Empty means hungry. <laughs> so, okay. Why did I just read all these different things? We got dry. We got parched. We got trifling. We got trivial, insignificant, senseless, hollow, insubstantial, unsatisfactory, of no value, valueless, useless, worthless, aimless, meaningless, having no value or purpose, lacking meaning or sincerity. Whew. Okay. I want to start here when, and this like makes me emotional, but when we are in a position of a dry season or an empty season, you guys, how many of y'all know that these are the words that we start to think, feel, and speak over ourselves? (sighs) Right? Just let that weight sit on you for a second. How many times have you called yourself meaningless? Have you called your life meaningless, aimless, useless? idle? How many times have people called you vain, insubstantial, pointless? Oh, well, this is, this is just purposeless, right? How many of these words have come out of your mouth? Maybe not even about yourself, but just about your life. Oh, well, that's of no, that's of no use. That's senseless. Oh, that's, I'm just unsatisfactory. I'm unimportant. I'm, I'm, I'm inconsequential. No one will notice if I'm not there. I'm insignificant. I'm trivial, right? And how many times when we're in that place of lack, when we're in that place of emptiness, have you lacked meaning or sincerity? Okay. I find it so interesting that when we are empty, that there are words used here that start to not only talk about words that we probably speak over ourselves, but they also talk about the nature of our heart and how when we're dry or empty, we are not sincere that the, the very dryness and emptiness of what's going on in the inside transfers into our ability to be a sincere person, to be the very identity that we were created to live out. And you know what? That's kind of scary. That's kind of scary. Look at some of the other these some of these other words. When we are dry, we are hardened, brittle, crispy, wilted shriveled, parched, old, past its best. Whew, when I look at that, man, I don't know about you, but that, that makes me feel something. That, that starts to bring up old times of my past. It starts to bring up times in college, um, times when I, when I had stupid girl fights in high school, you know, or probably said the wrong thing at the wrong time. Hashtag eight vibes before I knew I was an eight. And, uh, but, but seriously, you know, times when I fought with my, my mom, cause we didn't know that we were both eights and it was like, you know, we know in avatar when there's like water, fire, air, and all those different bending. Yeah. Lots, lots of fire, lots of fire, uh, hashtag relatable. Um, but anyways, getting, getting back to the real story, how many times, uh, can you guys think of times in your own life where these words described a season of your life? And you know what? It's not 
fun. It's not fun. I think in Christianese, which is the language of what I would call religious legalistic Christians, aka, um, were not not necessarily. Actually, you know what? That's a little harsh. Not necessarily. It's it's words that we use in the sphere of Christianity um, that are kind of overdone. That's probably how I'd describe it, right? Like overused, overdone. And I don't think people actually really know what they mean. We just all say them and they're part of our language and they're part of our colloquialisms. And that's just the way that it is, right? That's kind of what I mean by that. In my personal opinion, I think that in Christianese, like I said, we use the words or the phrase, if you will, dry season and empty season. Oh, I'm going through a dry season, right? There's so many um, songs and phrases and, and articles and everything about it, you know, rightfully so. We all, like I said, that's why we're doing this podcast. We all go through it. But I think that we, we overuse it as a, a pad or a blanket or a band-aid to, I think, justify the length of the season, which again, like we need to process things, right? Of course, y'all know I'm all about processing things. Do not just shove it down. Do not just like <laughs> angrily explode all over people, right? Emotional intelligence, okay? But I think that, I don't know if y'all feel this way, but I've just observed even myself growing up before I had a lot of these tools in my toolbox, if you will, that I would use the words dry season as an escape goat for actually having to deal with what was causing the dry season. And uh, being able to label it as such kept me from doing something about it. And Today, as we kind of transition in the, into the positive aspects of this, which y'all are like, please, can't we move on? I really want you to think about what season that this might be for you. And I want you to bring into your awareness right now, bring into your mental sphere. What did I do about it? What did I, what did I not do about it? And what kept me there for so long? What kept me feeling stale and dried out and dehydrated and crispy towards others, you know, hardened towards others? What caused me to bring in bitterness and resentment and the other lust of the flesh? You know, why was I not operating out of self-control? Why was I lusting after other things or, you know, operating out of gluttony, which sounds really intense, right? But it doesn't have to mean like you went and slept with somebody that you should have. It doesn't have to mean the extremes, but um, even just not putting your focus on the things that you should be focused on, right? Or you had maybe a season of confusion. I walked through that for almost a year A lot of you guys know my story, um, but I just allowed the author of Confusion to eat my lunch for a year, and that is absolutely not who I am. And I was just telling even um, a friend earlier today that God's a God of clarity. He's a God of results. He's a God of clearness and freedom, and uh, he makes rivers in the desert, which is, I don't know if you knew this, but impossible, right? God makes the impossible possible. But I want you guys to really visualize that season and and just maybe take some mental notes or maybe you're taking notes and you can actually jot this down. But what was the thing that made you stay stuck? What were the things, what were, how did you play your mental game? And we're going to talk about this in a second. Who were you around? How old were you? Where did you live? What What did a typical day look like for you? And what were you doing about it? I also want you to bring into your awareness, what did you not do about it? What were your habits during that time? What were your rituals during that time? And maybe there were moments where you felt really full. Maybe there were a few moments. Maybe it was once a week at church when you felt awesome. Maybe it was once a week when you got to play intramural volleyball on Thursdays in college. You know, maybe it was uh, getting to sweat it out at track practice every day where you didn't have to think about anything else other than running 
and you got to blow off some steam and let all your stress out. Maybe stuff was going on at home or maybe you were being bullied in the classroom, but you were an amazing athlete and you were really quiet naturally and you were so afraid because you get made fun of all the time, but you knew that once you stepped on that court or once you stepped on that track that you just smashed all the competition and and that's where you derived a lot of self-worth from that season. But then maybe you went home and that anxiety came back, that confusion, that fear came back, or maybe you had trouble sleeping because your parents were fighting, you know, or different things were going on, or you guys were strapped for money and you had to, you know, nobody knew that you were working a job on the weekends or working a job after practice every day. Like that's people's reality. And so many of us, you guys go through these struggles silently and allow ourselves to deplete our own energy. And I really want to describe this to you. So what does that look like? The, the first thing is negative self-talk, okay? Actually, really the first thing is is circumstantial and, and situational, okay? We've talked about the self-coaching model a million times. You don't have control over circumstances, okay? I Especially if you're a minor and you're living in your parents' house, I get it. There are situations that are super duper out of your control. If you can't drive yet, right? Or there are just different things in our life and different seasons of our life that make us feel utterly powerless and it's horrible, right? And it sucks that we can't can we can't control a lot of those things. Believe me, I'm an eight. I like control. I don't like to be controlled. <laughs> it's like my worst fear in the entire world. And uh, so I totally get it, okay? But we're talking about um, the things that you can control, okay? So that's primarily what we're talking about. You guys can go back and listen to other episodes if you wanna know more about the self-coaching model. Just look it up. It's called S-T-E-A-R, STEER. I think it's in the first 10 episodes, something like that. But anyways, back to this situation. So I want you to think about what your situation was like, okay? And I want you to visualize and think about what was the trigger. There's an airplane going by, sorry, airplane. Um, What was the trigger or who was the trigger or where was the trigger and also why was the trigger? What was the thing that was making you feel that anxiety, that confusion? And if you were able to eliminate it from your life, if you were able to have choices in that moment, why didn't you do it? You know, I I counsel and coach um, a lot of young teenagers And we've all seen it once we're out of high school or out of college, Um, and people still do it certainly after that age, but um, we see over and over and over where we're like, don't date that boy, don't date that girl, don't do it, I went through that and I promise you it's not going to end well, right? And what does everybody say? Well, this is different, your time was different, you were different, he means well, or you know, I ask a girl, I'm like, does he love Jesus? And she's like, well, 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 I'm like, no. If you did not say yes in 0.2 seconds, mm-mm, no, honey, you know, or do you guys have the same values? Well, I don't know. I was like, well, that should have been your first conversation. Okay. Bye-bye. You're going to be miserable in six months. Okay. Love mama Megan, <laughs> but that's because why so many of us have walked through that heartbreak. We're not trying to be controlling of somebody. We're trying to say, Hey, I've felt so empty at the end of this road. It does not end well. I want you to be full. I want you to be happy. Okay. So now that you've kind of you've kind of visualized that season and 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 really um I, I always talk about even in my pageant coaching, make it a movie script, okay? So like what was the music like? What were what were the actors' names? What were they wearing? What was the scenery? Where was it shot? Um, you know, all all the things around you, who were your castmates, what was the script like, what kind of language did they use? Um, what did they look like? What did they talk like? What were their families like? What's their socioeconomic status, all those things of how you would actually put together and and watch a movie. Okay. So when we look at our situations like that, things start to turn from black and white to color and we're able to kind of use our third eye or watch our mind, right? Think about what you're thinking about to bring clarity to a situation. 
And so as you're thinking about this, I want you to think about the choices that worked for you and I want you to think about the choices that didn't work for you. And um, that might take some time, which is cool. So go do that after this, you know, journal later. But I also want you to think about um, what your spiritual life was like at that time. Like I said, what your habits were like, who the people were around you at that time. What was your relationship with God like? How intentional was it? Here's another funny thing, not funny, but um, purposeful thing. So I know that all the times in my life when I made really stupid decisions, there was one consistent theme that the enemy tried to use with me that he uses with everybody. Anybody want to know what that is? Ready? Drum roll. The enemy will almost always use isolation. He will always use isolation because God created us for community and for love and for, for proper, appropriate affection and for care and for family. God created the family to be around us um, in moments where we were feeling super alone. And so I just want to encourage you guys with this today. A huge thing that can make you feel empty real quick is isolation. And be careful of the decisions that you're making in your life. Again, unless your family is like no bueno, they don't make good decisions. I'm talking like who you consider your family, okay? Which could be your best friend, which could be, you know, your coach if, they're, if they've kind of taken you under their wing, you know, whatever that looks like for you, okay? So I'm not saying run to your family if they are unhealthy and it's not a safe situation, okay? Please hear me on that. But for whoever your quote unquote family is, the enemy will always isolate one person from the pack to lie to them, to confuse them, to make them make bad decisions and all that jazz to, to harass them in their mind. Um, because negative self-talk is another huge, huge, huge indicator. Um, think of it as like negative self-talk is like poking a hundred holes in your body and then just letting all of your fluids like flood out. That was kind of more gruesome than I, than I wanted it to be. Okay. That's a terrible example. Let's say, um, poking a hundred holes in an above ground pool in the hot, hot summer in Arizona and it's filled with water. And then you come back an hour later and you're like, oh my gosh, why is there, why is there not water in the pool? And it's actually extremely simple, but you just chose to close your eyes and didn't see the holes. Okay. It blinds us. It isolates us. And so that's where we have to watch our minds. It's super, super, super important. Okay. Okay. Okay, so Coach Megan, you've told us all the horrible things. Where are we going with this? Thank you for asking. I'm so glad you asked. So like I said, we were created to live in community. And if you look at all these words, um, or go back and listen to all these words, if you will, um, I found it very interesting that emptiness and dryness had so much to do with kind of these words around, obviously, like desert, hardness, crispness, all those types of things. And I think it is so cool and so practical because the Bible is so extremely practical how God talks about in John 15 that we are created to live connected to the vine and that he is the vine and we're the branches. Okay. What happens if you cut a branch off? Is he going to live? Uh, no, it's not going to live. Okay. A branch dies and turns into firewood and gets blown up with gas and lit on fire and burned when it is cut off from the vine. What happens if it rains? Does it get wet? Yep. When we are cut off from the vine, um, and yes, I understand when it rains, it still gets wet if it's connected to the vine, but go with me here, okay? But insert other situation here, okay? Branches are so much more susceptible to what happens to them when they're 
cut off, drop to the ground, and within reach of a bunch of things that are not normally created to touch it. But when a branch is growing and it's got a big old thick hundred-year-old tree, it's taller, it's stronger, you can sit on it, you can climb on it, you can jump on it, and chances are the branches aren't going to fall down. But when it's not connected to the the vine, even though it can be a hundred years old, what does the branch start to do? It starts to wither. It starts to rot. It starts to decay. Bottom feeders and all these animals who eat decaying things and insects start to live on it. Okay? And something that was once living and beautiful and connected to life now starts to represent death. And oh my gosh, so that is the way that we were created as well. Okay, I'm going to read a passage for you guys really quick. And then I'm going to give you uh, four ways to be full. And then we're going to get out of here. Okay, so John 15, this is the NIV version. If you're not a Christian, still listen. You can take the principles from this. No biggie, not shoving this down your throat. The Bible's super applicable. Just take it from a values-based standpoint. It'll still bring you life. That's what's awesome about God. John 15 says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Talking about God, Jesus is the true vine. Father God is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that is that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you, hallelujah. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain on the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Also, I'll reference this later, but John 1 talks about how God is the word, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and also how God is love and the word is life. Okay. So all those words are interchangeable. So what's a really cool thing is anytime you see the word God, you can, you can put the word love in there, um, especially in the new Testament and you can exchange like the word for life and you can exchange the word for literally the word. And it's kind of a cool word study if you're a freak and love lexicon studies like me. Okay. Verse five. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This fruit here is referring to um, Galatians 5, which talks about the fruit of the spirit, which is like love, joy, peace, self-control, all awesome, awesome, awesome things that you can go read later. Verse 6, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned, just like we talked about earlier. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Oh yeah, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Sweet. So it makes God happy when we're prosperous and have clarity and don't operate out of confusion and are connected to life and aren't dry and bitter. That's pretty cool. God's on our side. Verse nine. And as the fathers loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. Jesus will never ask you to do something he hasn't done. God will never ask you to do something he hasn't done. Super cool. Also a super cool study. I have told you this so that you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Hmm. So operating in love, staying connected to a power source that gives us life so we don't get bitter, withered, dry, all these horrible things makes us joyful and the joy of the Lord is our strength. Hmm, pretty cool seeing how this comes together. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for his friends. Did you know this? You are my friends, says God. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants. Beautiful. Because a servant does not know his master's business. God's showing us 
the plan. God's showing us the business plan. Hey, here's how it works. Here's my stipulations and qualifications. Here's how much I love you. Here's the pathway to success. Here's literally every secret I have. Go read Ephesians. Okay. So cool. God's like, hey, here's my, here's, here's my business plan. You're not a servant. You are my son. You are my daughter. You're part of the family. You're a co-heir with Christ. Super cool. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father. I have made known to you a stinking cool pathway to everything that we could ever want. Baller. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, whatever I ask in your name, the father will give to you, meaning us. This is my command. Love each other. Okay. Sidebar. This is why when people act unloving and operate out of the, what I call anti-fruits of the spirit, AKA lust of the flesh. Also go read Galatians five. Um, and then they slap the whole word, word God on it. That's literally impossible. So very dumb statement. God is love. And if it's not loving, it's not God. Really not that hard, but people make it hard. So congratulations to them. Okay. So now the happy stuff, how to be full and overflowing. First of all, fun study, go back and literally look up the opposites of all the words. Honestly, might be a fun thing. Go write down all the words that we spoke before. Go write down all the words that maybe you've spoken over yourself and find an antonym for every single one of those words. And chances are, that's what God says about you. And then you could even go look those words up in the Bible and that'd be super fun. They're like, wow, this is how Megan has fun. I'm like, okay, don't make fun of me. It's fine. Okay, so take notes, these four things, and we'll get out of here because I'm going to go eat dinner after this. Fun fact. So number one, tried to make these kind of catchy. So we'll see. Thoughts. Number one, our circle is tight and right. Cute. So thinking about who is in your circle of influence. I won't break another record by making this my point, but y'all have heard it a million times. You are the summation of the five people you hang out with. Okay. Being at Real Talk Kim's conference this weekend, just proved this to me again, like eight bajillion percent because I realized how incredibly important it is to have other people surrounding you in your life that get you, that are for you, that are not intimidated by your success, that are not intimidated by your personality, that are pursuing their own dreams, that are spirit-filled, that are positive people, and honestly, that are people that I want what they have. Like, it's so crazy that I'm like, in the same way I wouldn't go to a swimming instructor to learn tennis or, you know, what have you, insert other example like that here, yet we, for some reason, sometimes still don't believe that the people that we surround ourselves with actually affect our lives. I'm like, yo, you want to be wealthy? You want to win a pageant? You want to get healthier? You want to go for daily walks? And they're like, mm, no, but I'm going to do this by myself. I'm like, okay, yeah, go for it. Get down with your bad self, girl. Like, tell me how that works for you. You know, I, I hope you do great. But it's literally going to take you 8 million times longer. Like just as an example, I've been, Carter and I've been praying really, really, really specific prayers. Um, just like making it intentional of like, okay, we're going to speak this out. We're going to declare, we're going to manifest it. Like this is going to happen A, B, C, D, E, F, G in our lives. And we did it last week um, when we were praying before um, in the evening. And 
it was just wild. Like literally we had like five prayer requests answered in like the next 48 hours. I'm not even kidding you. It was so stinking cool. We started texting each other back and forth and it was like, are you kidding me? It was like, it was bonkers. Um, and then throughout the weekend, you know, just really being intentional. And, and again, it's also the summation of like the work that you put into yourself, but getting there and having so many just like God encounter after God encounter after God encounter and, and incredible messages in my inbox, um, and just opportunities like flooding left and right and people wanting to work with us left and right and these different things. And, you know, we just were praying specific prayers and some things for, for Carter too. And I just was like, oh my gosh, like I just couldn't help but laugh. I was like, God, you work out all things together for good for those who love you. But part of it, I think was, uh, not, I think I know there, uh, I, I encourage a lot of my clients to read, um, one of the number, number one, I shouldn't, one of the number one, however you say that one of the top, uh, self-image books of all time. And they talk about in that book, as well as several other books that I've read, um, even from a Christian perspective that like the energy and the light that you emit is literally building your DNA or destroying your DNA. It's positive or negative. Um, and I really do believe that it either attracts people or repels people based off of your own self-identity and realization of the identity that God's given you because he's given us all an incredible purpose and identity, but so many of us just don't even, don't even like see behind the film of what's right in front of us to go for it and ask for it and believe for it and develop ourselves, um, into that version of ourselves, even though it's right there within our grasp. Right. And so I just realized like being around some incredible people and certainly real talk, Kim, who is everything that I want to be in life and is like, the most full of integrity person you'll ever meet in your life. I mean, just as amazing in person, if not more, exceeded all of my expectations. Just amazing, right? And of course, then her team, amazing, surrounding herself with people who have already published books, who are traveling 51 weeks out of the year as a speaker, who are multimillionaires, who even have a car that I want. It's so funny. Two of my female mentors have the exact car that I want. It's absolutely hilarious in the color, in the style. And it's just, God is so funny and he's so specific. Like I would just laugh my head off this weekend, but really take inventory you guys. And if you're a pageant girl and you're not working with us, like I say this gracefully, but like, what are you doing? Why are you listening to my podcast and not working with us? Like there's no, no excuse. You know, I mean, whatever you you might have an excuse, but I just encourage you go for it. Like get on the call with us. We're not scary. Like just like, let's, let's get to know each other and I'll figure out where you're at with stuff and we can make a plan for you. Um, and if you're not a pageant girl and you want to, you know, a life coach and a mentor to walk you through some stuff, then I have a couple spots for that too. Um, and God is just so, I have so many stories I could tell you, but I'm trying to keep this short since we're already at 35 minutes. So anyways, um, y'all get the picture, but reach out your homework is reach out to at least one person that you'd like to add to your circle, um, and see what happens. Okay. Don't reach out to like Taylor Swift and be like, she didn't message me back. Okay. Try and like, keep it kosher within who you think would actually reply and be appropriate and don't be a weirdo. And don't be that person who's like, hi, I was listening to the powers podcast and they told me to reach out. And, um, they told me to ask you to be my mentor. So don't do that. Okay. And if you need to learn how to reach out to people and DMS for business purposes, legitimate business purposes and strategy and influencer stuff, then you should be working with me in the first place. Okay. So now that we have that, um, moving on number two, 
You need to be surrounded by an atmosphere of hope, positivity, light, and love for an extended period of time. Okay. This is how you recharge. So like I said, I was listening to Tony Robbins and he suggests that two to three times a year, minimal of two, every six months, you go away for a weekend away, whether it's like a writing retreat in the middle of Montana or whether it's a staycation or whether it's a conference or whether it's a, you know, like I said, secular or Christian or whatever, like I don't care, but some kind of personal development that is intentional that you put your phone down, that you're around the energy of others. And you guys, admittedly, I did not realize how much I freaking needed this until I experienced like the Holy Spirit for 72 hours straight and freedom and deliverance and people who were just like getting after it with life. And 99.9% of them were women, right? 99.9% of them were older than me by like 20, 30, 40 years. And I just got to sit there and soak in it And it was so cool how God continued to connect with just giving me highlights. I mean, like Real Talk Kim called me out in the first two minutes of her sermon on stage and I'm just like sitting there in the middle of 300 people like, and that's super cool. But also like I, I, I'm I'm just a person, right? Like I'm just there paying my ticket, you know, sitting in the back, just like everybody else. I didn't expect anything. I wasn't coming in all high and mighty, like I miss Nebraska, you know, none of that. I just came in ready to learn and I got my heart right. And I got to soak in the energy of all these other people who Kim had been ministering to for years, you know, and is pouring into every single day who are there to grow and learn. And there's just something so infilling and so electric about that when we work on not just our body and not just our mind, but our spirit, you guys. And if you want to break that negative thought cycle, Put yourself in an environment where you're flooded with positivity, freedom, and joy for a long period of time. This is why people go to rehab, okay? And no, it doesn't work for everybody. It's why I believe that there needs to be a deeper spiritual aspect of it, specifically with Christianity, because Jesus brings deliverance, hallelujah. Um, it's, it's also why people even go to therapy for like an hour or two, because there's something about setting aside the world, not in an escapism way, but just digging into your spirit and your mind, will, and emotions and, and healing it, right? And taking time to be actively pouring back into what life pours out of you every single day okay every time that you choose positive thoughts positive associations positive environments atmospheres is a moment that you're destroying old destructive habits and you're you're building that rewiring for you to be the version of yourself that you want to be okay so it is so important that's why i cannot emphasize enough inner circle powerhouse masterminds one-on-ones with me our online course okay listen to my social media listen to podcasts like We have provided every opportunity for you. You just have to reach out and grab it, okay? And I promise you, every time I personally have made that decision and every single one of my clients, okay? Because I operate with integrity. Every single one of my clients and every single time that I've reached out and, you know, invested or made a made a bold move where I'm like, yeah, you know what? This weekend's going to cost me a thousand dollars to go to Georgia, to go to whatever. Um, but it's going to be worth it, right? The, the infilling that you feel when you invest in yourself with the right person at the right time is always worth no amount of money. Like it doesn't even have a price tag because you matter more than the $500, the $3,000, the whatever that you maybe are, are, are debating whether you want to part with. Okay. Your life is worth so much more than that. Okay, also make smart financial decisions. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay, number three, connect. The word brings life, freedom, deliverance, peace, love, joy, self-control, like we talked about. Um, But connection is so incredibly important. So you could sit in an environment that's super, super positive. You could go to the conference. But if your heart's not right, which is number four, okay, and you're sitting there 
all offended and your arms are crossed, your eyes are crossed, your ears are crossed. And you're like, what could they have to say to me? Oh my gosh, I thought I was coming for this speaker, but um, why are they having five other speakers speak as well? Like I could speak better than them. And if you just come in all analytical and prideful, uh, congratulations on being blind. You just blinded your entire self, spirit, soul, body, and you're going to get what you expect. So chances are you're going to have wasted a buttload of money to come and think that you know everything. And uh, if you knew everything, probably wouldn't have gone to the conference, probably would have the amount of money that you wanted to have or the relationship that you wanted to have or the mental framework that you wanted to have. And if you don't have all those things, then congratulations. Then you just wasted a bunch of money being prideful and probably detracted everyone around you. Okay? Love, Megan. (laughs) So it's so important, you guys, to get our hearts right and to to operate in humility, which I've said this a million times. It doesn't mean thinking less of yourself. It means thinking of yourself less. I was just telling a client earlier today, getting out of your head physically means stop being so selfish to just think of yourself all the time and start noticing the world around you. Lift your horizon, lift your perspective and start paying attention to the things that that everything else is going on. There's seven and a half billion people in this world. And yet we spend so much time in the rat race of our own mind. No wonder you have negative mental frameworks. No wonder you have negative thought cycles. There's so much more life to live. Get out of your head. Choose that today, okay? And when we go to a place, we want to be in the right framework, primed, if you will, to be able to engage spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically, okay? But when we just engage our emotions and our spirit, our heart is not right, The feelings might come. You might get jacked. I'm at this thing. Yeah, so awesome. Think like a concert, a movie or a play, you know, musical, whatever. You feel all the feels. You cry during a movie. You're jacked during a musical, concert. Your favorite person comes on, whatever. But then what happens? On the ride home, you might have a little, you know, afterglow from that concert. But then you wake up the next day and it's like, oh, I got to go to work again. Right? There's not always necessarily like a deep spiritual infilling that rides along with you and, and, and carries you over into the next week. Why? That's because you are actually a spirit who has a soul and has a body and just engaging in your emotions or just jumping up and down and sweating a bunch. Like, yeah, you're going to feel great after a workout, but you're not going to feel healed, if that makes sense. Okay. Healing comes from the spirit because you are a spirit. And so what I do is I have a morning energy priming routine. So I use Tony Robbins. Um, It's a combination of breath work, visualization, and affirmation and and speaking out. I also uses concepts of physiology to get your body engaged as well. I teach my inner circle this. I teach my one-on-one clients this. Um, I also have a workday startup routine. So I go through my full focus journal and I check things off. I visually write out my day, even though it's already in my eye calendar. Um, I double check with my assistant. I check my asana. I check things like that. get the little administrative tasks out of the way so I can get into my deep work. And then I also do affirmations. I put my hand on my heart and I look at myself in the mirror and I affirm. Um, And I I connect physiologically as well by putting my hand on my heart or, you know, different things or looking at myself in my eyes to produce um, the physical connection with my mind and my spirit. Okay. Another thing that I do is I have a shutdown routine. So electronics off ritual, journaling before bed, no screen time, you know, a certain amount of time. And I have different apps that help me with that. So those things will help to get your mind and your body right, as well as reading, which is also super important, okay? The last thing, I know this is a longer episode, but I hope this has helped you. So cutting things out, setting boundaries, and keeping your heart right is number four. 
There are different kinds of boundaries. There are physical boundaries, obviously. There are time boundaries. I think I did a whole episode on boundaries, so (laughs) go deep dive and find that (laughs) if you need more help with that. Otherwise, talk to me and we can talk about it in your one-on-one sessions. But anyways, so boundaries are important. Emotional boundaries, mental boundaries, you know, cutting apps off of your phone, um, helping yourself resist temptation, deleting people's numbers, blocking people, removing people. Um, those types of things, just setting boundaries, untagging yourself from things, um, deleting old text message threads, deleting old pictures, untagging yourself from pictures on Facebook, from your previous life, if you will. Um, all that stuff helps affect your heart posture. And here's the last thing I want to say to keep your heart right. Um, the Bible describes God as the great physician, right? So I want to ask you, are you doing regular checkups with the God of the universe, the great physician, your healer, the person that can actually heal your spirit, your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions, and your body. Are you doing regular checkups? Okay, in this world of COVID, are you are you going to him and saying, am I okay, doc? How are we doing here? Oh, I have that. Oh, what do I need for treatment? And God, how's, how's my heart? How's my soul? How's my mental game doing? How are my emotions? How, how's my body feeling? Am I... Am I treating it with nutrition that's helping or hurting me? How am I doing, right? Having that dialogue with God is so beautiful because he loves you enough to share with you where you're off. And, you know, we can run to so many other things that can be great band-aids and they can be great things that get rid of the symptoms, but only God can fix the heart. So I want to leave you with that today. Again, I told y'all, I warned y'all, you might have to listen to this a couple times, but I really want to encourage you, get your heart full again, do what you need to do, go to, you know, schedule a conference, save up your money, get on a call with us, join the inner circle, follow some more positive content on social media, start challenging yourself to journal in the morning every day, you know, or do, do one random act of kindness every day, smile at people in the grocery store if you don't have to have a mask on, um, or smile with your eyes, you know just different things you guys that can help us to get out of our head and out of that that dry spell of emptiness you know call a friend we talked about connection circles in the inner circle last month and really helping to signify a specific person and delegate a specific person for these different areas of significance in our life that we need to um compartmentalize the different areas of need so i could i will not get into all that right now (laughs) but anyways so having those different people set up to both hold you accountable and also just to have fun with like to to go to pizza with to go to coffee with right all those types of things um your friend who likes to eat healthy with you and try weird vegan food (laughs) you know all that kind of stuff but also making sure that at at the end of it all that you are connecting to the vine that you are connecting to the one the only one who can give you life and love and light and happiness and joy and fill you up, not just distract you, you know, not just make your emotions go wild because you're watching another rom-com, but actually fix your soul and your spirit because of how much he loves you. So thanks so much for listening, you guys. Share this with a friend who needs to hear it during this tough time. Listen to this over and over. And I'd really appreciate if you guys could uh, give this a five-star review and write a review on iTunes. We are available anywhere that you can hear podcasts. And there are so many people out there who need an encouraging word. I'd love for you to take a second and text this to them. Like it on our Instagrams. And with that, we'll see you next week. 
Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of season two of the Powerhouse Podcast. I'm Coach Megan. As always, you can follow me at Megan underscore Swanson. You can DM us to join our email list. You can follow us at Powerhouse Pageantry or at the Powerhouse Project. And I'm so excited to get to continue to pour into your life spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, mentally, and relationally. Wow, that's a mouthful. In this beautiful year of 2020, never forget your worth, stand up for what you believe in, and allow your spirit to stand up on the inside of you to show you who you really are. Have a great day.